do you know that thing of when you get like the like shivers? Mm-hmm. Somebody told me once that that's someone walking on your grave in the future. What the fuck? Yeah, it stuck with me. I don't. I think it was in college or something. Ugh, and, I hate that. But do you want to hear something incredible about my brain? Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I get them a lot, and I'm like. I must nope. be famous. No, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> oh my God. Unreal. Unreal. That is perfect. These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I'm the comedian in Chicago who was in the coma and now does this podcast, squeezing guests for the juice of their definite answers about completely impossible to answer questions. And my guest on the show this week is Meredith Johnston from From She Is Warm Human the musician and I met her initially from doing improv in Chicago and, and just had good conversations with her and was excited to talk to her for the show. Before we get to that, I do want to thank the pigeon level patrons who support on Patreon. That would be Kurt Chang, Katie Llewellyn, Susie Carroll, Fred Fidawa, Shuba Singh, John Lee, and Debo. So thank you to them. The pigeon level is $15. It's like a cheap meal. If you can't do that, a nice coffee is $5 a month on Patreon. You'll get the full uh, conversations that I have with guests, as well as the after shows that I do with Megan Strickland and Claire Favorite. Also, this is like a one-man band sort of operation, so uh, I very much appreciate your support. The little things that everyone says that actually do matter, and that's why we keep saying them, is write, write a review. Write a review of the show on in your Apple app. I always say it, and I really mean it. Take a shit. It'll take you 30, 30 seconds. The beginning uh, that that's like the very beginning. You haven't even finished sh- the shitting part of the shit and write a review of the show and tell people, you know, and, and like about it. So also another way to support the show, be involved with the show is to leave a voicemail. You can call the number three, one, three missed U R a which is 313-647-8872. And we do have a voicemail this week. Two things to note. One, uh, Hope, you may have the person leaving the voicemail, you may have heard me say her name on the show before. That's because at the moment she's about 20 feet and one door away from me. Uh, we, We are, we're, lovers we are partners we <laughs> share a home and the second thing is the 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 noise you just heard 
is actually Meredith Johnston. I've never recorded an intro with a guest. You'll hear why we're doing that in a second. But Meredith is also going to respond to this voicemail with me. Meredith, just say hi so people know what's coming. I can't believe you just said lovers. I just wanted to I just wanted to really Ugh. lean into something, you know? <laughs> I don't I don't really that's not really how I talk. Okay. Here's the voicemail. Hey Dave, this is Hope. And I'm going for a walk right now and um have been listening to M's episode of your podcast and thought I would call and leave a voicemail. Um in response to your query at the beginning of the episode about creating some kind of compilation album. And that was sort of just like lingering in me as I was listening to more of the episode. And then I had this thought that, number one, I do think that would be really cool to create a compilation of people's different Live One memories. And I think that would be really cool just in and of itself. And I was picturing myself listening to that as I walked around. And, um, but then the other thought that came to me that might be more, you know, production heavy perhaps than you are interested in pursuing at this point. But I thought it might be really cool if those memories had some kind of musical accompaniment and you were speaking about all the different musicians that you've interviewed and and just different musicians you know and so I thought it could be really cool to have some kind of either you know gather a group of different different music makers sound makers and either randomly assign a memory to each of them, or maybe they could choose a memory that they really wanted to work with and felt inspired by. I think probably not their own memory. That's just what I was thinking. Um, but this is all just brainstorming, spur of the moment. I just think that could be really beautiful. And I can imagine if I heard my memory back, then with this extra layer of somebody creating something from that, I think that would be pretty cool. So very excited to keep listening to the rest of the episode. And I hope I did this voicemail thing right. The woman's <laughs> voice at the beginning asking me for my name, where did Neato at all? And I, I got scared and hung up. So this is my third time trying. The second and time I'm I picked be up. Brave and hang up now. All right. Love you. Bye. So thoughts, what do you, what do you, what do you think of this idea? Okay. My first thought is like, is music maker like the politically correct term for musician now? No, no. (laughs) Uh, You have to understand that, that uh, she calls all living beings creatures, any, anything that is, that is imbibable or digestible is a little treat. Um, And, and I don't mean to, this is not like a, she's not like a fairy magical person. Just, just like she's trying to be like, I think truly like all encompassing and being like, I mean, that's why I think she said like sound makers, like literally thinking about, about yeah. Any aspect. Cause I was like, 
I was like, are noise musicians getting mad that right. <laughs> they're like, we're not musicians. We don't make music. We make noise. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was very inclusive. Um, thoughts. I think that would be tight. I think that's a good, like a good, especially honestly, like having it be somebody else's memory. Yeah. Or, like, or one thing, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would be. That would be super cool because I'm like, I don't want to do mine because I'm like, it feels too right. momentous and huge. Yeah, it would be yeah. limiting in some way. And I think also because yeah. the idea was just – I've just been really stoked on Bandcamp recently. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, I want to use I, I want to use the back end of it. Yeah, know? for sure. Um, and I, and I think the memories would lend themselves – well, really anything but the coma question kind of lends itself more to a compilation than yeah. the coma question, which is so – heavy and in depth and not something you're trying to like listen to a bunch of people's like no. right in a row, you know? No, no, no. So, well, let's ask this as a music maker yourself. Mm-hmm. If I were to approach you, would you, would you do that? No. <laughs> what? You wouldn't do that for someone else's memory can you imagine of course i would yeah hell yeah i'm in that'd be awesome okay well let's ask (laughs) this let's push it what if i what if i list it for a price what if i'm selling it yeah tight squeeze it out baby what do you expect from that you expect a percentage you expect a fee or are you doing this for free no i'll do it for free i don't give a shit wow all right well Alan and Mimi from Low, you heard it here first, all right? I'm expecting the same deal from you guys. Um, Low, they're actually good business people. I am not. So so the other reason I wanted to talk to you right before I talked to you is because we get into, even for the fucking Afterlife podcast, we get into a little heavier than usual (laughs) stuff. Um, I should, I should say I am a, a fat man. I don't endorse Meredith's fat phobia. Um, but you do hear some, uh, that I would say there's a content warning here for eating disorder stuff for Mm -hmm. physical abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, what's up with that? What's up with that? Meredith, why'd you do that? I'm so sorry. I, I work a program that where I'm told that rigorous honesty is one of the most important facets of, of living a, a good and noble life. So, um, but yeah, there's, okay. So we got eating disorder. We got, uh, physical abuse. I want like, cheat. I want you to edit like, woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not doing that. I can't um, do sound. <laughs> we got, what else do we have? Oh, I mean like addiction stuff and then like some light, some light diet suicidal ideation stuff in there too a little bit i would say <laughs> there's literally one moment where you say a more permanent solution and i decided yeah, yeah, yeah. not to follow up on that so yeah that's i tried to be about. i tried to be i tried to like npr <laughs> in that moment you did not in every yeah. moment not in every moment no sometimes <laughs> it just comes up well at the risk of being overly pedantic i think you like i feel that it's um that some of the things we say are representative of thoughts that are mm-hmm. an aspect of a thing we think yes. and not like our rubber stamped, like this is my official opinion. We're describing, yeah. especially in this hell moment coming up, 
the the we're describing a thought we're not saying i am so proud of this we're saying here is the way in which i am diseased in some way. yeah a hundred percent i okay. mean i think that um yeah i i am not endorsing my own beliefs here i i know that <laughs> i am um, a fucked up person uh depraved and um and i and i am sick in my own right and uh but that said dave also wanted to make sure that i let everybody know that I'm okay and I'm happy. <laughs> Are you happy? We didn't talk about that. I really am. Oh, I really wow. am. So so keep that seed in your pocket. Um, <laughs> as you hear my uh, my deepest, darkest, and most fucking disgusting oh parts of myself. <laughs> um, and you have a show at Sleeping Village in Chicago on September 3rd. September 3rd, baby. All electronic bill. It's going to be absolutely amazing so if you live in chicago please come because i i like to watch people list get sad with me (laughs) (laughs) all right that was meredith johnston and this is meredith johnston i grab your whip and take it back to shytown when i'm in shytown i treat it like it's paint your hell like a custom hell designed for you oh god how personal can i get (laughs) <laughs> I, 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 however personal you want to get who's gonna hear this <laughs> who's gonna hear this well we just talked about uh fame and not thinking about your audience too much so uh right, 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 right. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh i'm not gonna front but i'm not gonna overly humble myself either there's literally one specific person that i'm worried about hearing this and i know she never will but i'm probably not gonna mention it anyway um okay. so <laughs> Okay, I it's don't just, know what that means. It's just but the, okay. the woman, the woman who birthed me. You know what I mean? I'm like, is she going to hear this? Because I have a very specific hell in mind. If she was not going to hear it, if she is going to hear it, I have a different kind of hell. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Um, let's see. My version of hell. Like, okay. Well, here's the question. So, because hell, I think I wasn't raised, you know, in the church or anything, right? Mm-hmm. So, like. Mm-hmm. Hell to me always sounded like really fun. Like I always imagined hell as like the hell and little Nikki, you know, where it's like yeah, yeah, funny yeah. and like fun uh-huh. and like also like depraved and people are fucking in like disgusting ways. And like, you right. know, there's just like all sin. Sin is fun. So like, wouldn't it be lame to go to heaven? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so in this of painting my hell, is it just like, re- like really bad hell or is it like, Fun. Well, then it sounds like the question, the the real prompt is for you to paint your heaven. heaven. Okay. Um, mm, okay. No. Okay, 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 okay. So if it's if it's bad hell, not fun hell, because I do it's different. If it's bad hell, meaning boring heaven, uh, <laughs> then uh. I feel like it would probably be like a. Um, Like a notary public's office or some sort of like clerics, like where there's a lot of like clerical work going on. Okay. Um, and I'm like relegated to only doing math forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person that I mentioned before is sitting behind me and telling me everything that I'm doing wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
for eternity. Um, and then, and I'm fat, which is horrible, but that's the truth. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh but I mean, like, Jesus. I'm like Christ. one of those people like on a bed. You know what I mean? Like with like the forklift people. Like when they die, you got to get the forklift. Like that. I'm that. Can't just say immobile. Can't say certain Mm-mm. things don't work. It's got to hey. be a body shaming situation. <laughs> cool. Well, I think the answer to who's going to listen to this is no one. Thank you for no! your time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's um, what, okay, wait. Let me explain. Let me explain. Uh, do you want to explain? I actually do. do. Okay, I actually okay. do. Um, okay. I'm anorexic, so for me, that's like a huge thing. Like that's like mm-hmm. a big fear. I'm like already starting to cry because I'm embarrassed. Um, <laughs> like, but it's it's like a it's a just it's like not something I like about myself or I think is good, but like. Yeah, no. I want to shoot from the hip and be honest. And like that would mentally like because of how fucking sick in the head I am about food and like not being thin enough all the time, like that would that would it would it would be hell for me. It would genuinely be hell. Do you say anorexic in the present like that the way literal sense? That we no, but I mean, in the way that you and I say alcoholic, where it's like even in when you're in recovery for it, or you're saying like, this is a thing that I'm currently struggling with, and I don't have a handle on it, but I'm comfortable enough saying that it's happening at the moment. I'd say I have a good handle on it. I'd okay. also say I'm thinner than I've ever been in my entire life. Okay. Um. And I don't eat a lot of food. Um, But I do eat every day. I don't throw up anymore. And I don't, you know, I'm not like, like I I made cookies the other day and I didn't kill myself for it. But I do like compulsively exercise. Like it's, it's, it's a thing that I'm like actively working on. But like, you know, it's, it's definitely in my present life a lot yeah where I like look in the mirror and I'm like like today I looked in the mirror and I was like can I see my ribs anymore like I can't and I was like you are so big like and I just hit myself with like vitriol so I'm serious when I mean that it would be my hell because it's like it mentally I would it would uh, my brain would be completely scrambled did that explain it more did that make it more forgivable for me to say that I don't know. I'm not the forgiveness fairy. I don't. I don't have any decision over that. Um, listen, people come on the fucking comedy afterlife podcast to to say to get canceled, dude. To say shit. I don't want to get canceled. What do you hope happens when you die? Ooh. Like, to the people I leave behind? However you want to answer. Well, I have a pact with my best friend that they have to fuck whoever my my, um, partner is at the time. 
Um, and they usually Why? don't just cause we think it's funny. Okay. Um, and then at my funeral, I would hope that they have a slideshow of all of my hot selfies, which is also a thing that my best friend knows. Multiple people know that. Um, I hope that I've think I've also made it clear of like release all of my music, like unfinished or not, just release it all. So I have like a big catalog. Um, and then to me, I dated this guy <laughs> once that I loved a lot and like, but he was very frank and he had like some tragic shit in his life happen to him. And, and it made him like very dark, you know? And he, he just was like, yeah, we're worm food, you know, we're, we're nothing. Like it's nothingness. Like he saw a relative of his, you know, dead when he was like 15 and, uh, and he was like, and there was nothing there. Like it's nothing, you know? And it used, it freaks me out. Like that freaks me out, but also like, I can't cling to this ego forever. And like, I'm sure I'll be tired. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I mean, the energy recycling shit, like, I feel like I could say all the like, nor the shit that people say, like energy recycles. And like, there's like 0.9% of you that nobody can identify. And it's the soul. And that's from breaking bad actually, but okay. And like, you know, whatever, but like, uh, I, I just hope I would be at peace somehow and like maybe energetically continue on. But I think any cling to continue on is some sort of clinging for legacy. And like, I have no control over any of it. So I try to not like spend that much time waiting in the deep end of that. Okay. But it does freak you out. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's an ego. It's, it's, it's very interesting to hear you talk about ego in a very in-depth sense in a lot of other circumstances, but then imagining the end of your life, it, 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 you're like, either you will be at a place where you'll be able to let go of the ego yeah. or you just want it to be pried from your hands or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I think I hate the idea of feeling like I'll have unfinished business. You know what I mean? Or like, okay. because I feel like I have, it's like this obsessive thing of like, there's clearly something like, I, I'm like, there's something I need to say. And I, every time I make a piece of art, I make a song, I make whatever. I feel like I get maybe if it's a good song or if it's like, right, you know, I get a little bit closer to to, to saying exactly what I need to say. And then if I say it, then I, I've spun this narrative that when I say it and when I find it, I'll be at peace. I know that this is like a fool's errand. I know that I'll never get there. You know what I mean? But like, it's sort of like death is like the cessation of the race, right? Like if the race is over, whether or not I've finished or not, you know, it's like, it's done. So there's just kind of a like, Thank God, <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't, I, 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 look, I'm not perfect. You know, I just said a fat phobic thing on a podcast, so I'm not perfect. And like, I, um, like the idea of like, maybe I could go on and not have to be me. Like I could be someone else with different things or something else or whatever. Like that's exciting. But this idea, like the traditionalist idea of 
continuing a life of like Christian heaven or whatever, if like you continue being you, like, I'm like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to keep being me. Like what? I'm going to go up there and go to AA meetings in heaven. Like that's going to suck, you know? So like, I think it's that, you know, of like, Oh, cool. Like a, uh, relief from, from identifying as, as Meredith in my skin suit, you know? And if you're not going to be you, it almost feels silly to say, and thus I want to be a koala or a eucalyptus tree or whatever. Cause you're like, that's, that doesn't concern me. Well, yeah. If I'm not me, how would I know what I wanted to be? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's like, cool. Like, yeah, it's the, like, you know, the people who are like, I don't want to like, I don't believe in reincarnation because I don't want to come back a dung beetle. And it's like, well, who the fuck cares? Like you're a dung beetle. You don't know any better. You're not like Steve, the dung beetle going like, oh man, shoot. I got the lame one. Like you're just a beetle. Like it's no, you don't know. So like, so that's sort of my thing. of like, what's the point? Even like thinking about it. What's your coma? Which I just mean, you know, I phrase it that way because I think you know this, but you know that I... Yeah, you were dead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. When did you die? It was 2014. It was October to November 2014. Okay, yeah. Because I just remember... I remember the thing of like, people were like, yeah, Dave's dead. And I was like, oh, that sucks. And then, <laughs> and, and, then like, and then like a little bit later, I like saw you at like the playground or something. And I was like, what? <laughs> wow. So you were those, one of those people who was like distant enough to like, well, so, well close enough to, to hear yeah. that rumor, but yeah. distant enough to not get updated Mm-mm. that it had, that it wasn't Mm-mm. true no yeah. no 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 so it's just sort of like <laughs> it's like I'm sure there's a story there i have no idea that is so funny yeah but the point being it's it's really just my way of asking about a big it well a moment of a big transformation which i say it like that because it specifically doesn't need to be a big moment mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be fucking being in the hospital and almost being unplugged it can be oh but i got a story top you what you <laughs> try to story top me you've never heard that phrase before um well it, i mean I, I i haven't but that's not it's not the phrase that gets me it's the <laughs> spirit that i'm offended by but, i mean i'm just i'm just wondering have you ever regretted having a guest on more than me? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, okay, yeah. God. There are a couple of you know I don't genuinely regret this. At all. No, no, I know. Okay, um, because there are sometimes even when we're joking in the back of our minds we're like, but the, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's probably real, right? Yeah. Did you know that fifty percent of the time a joke is actually reality? Oh God. So <laughs> <laughs> it's um. Comedians no, are the most I, heard people in the world. I let me finish my Sorry. thing I'm going to say about the people I regret having on the podcast. I'm not oh, yeah. going to name names, but there are 
there are two guests that I will that I will say I think um, and, and I and I and I don't think they they still actively listen to the show so I don't I yeah. don't uh, I don't feel bad saying that there are two guests I'm not going to name them but um, I don't think anyone listening who's going oh is that me it's not but um, yeah there there are, there are there are two guests where I'm like could have could have done something a little different there. Okay, so I'm number three. Uh, I'm like, or, um, yeah. In I mean, the more we talk about it, the more it goes <laughs> up. <laughs> All right, well, that's a catch twenty two. Um, okay, so what was the question? What's so my coma? story taught me? If you, oh, must, yeah, yeah, story taught me. What is your coma? That this moment of transformation where before you were one version of yourself and after you were another. Oh, I mean, like, I don't know. I have an obvious one, and then I have like, I don't know. Like, there's a few. Like, obviously, I feel like the like AA answer would be like when I got sober. Um, but but no, I mean, sincere. I mean, that that's. I know it feels silly, but that's not even one that I like. That's not the one that I'm even talking about, though. I'm like, no. Um, (laughs) Like, um, I mean, for me. God, I hope my mom never listened to this. But uh, I, I I broke my mom's ribs in high school with a chair. Um, so, you know, we had a really bad relationship, you know? And it, uh, like, one night we just got really into it. And I threw her to the ground in WWE style, like, took a wooden chair and I broke three of her ribs. And... That is a night that, like, I really wish I could take it back, obviously. Right. And, like, um, you know, but it it is, like, sort of, like, the sign on the dotted line moment of my trajectory. I think as an addict, my trajectory as an artist, my trajectory as a person, like, all took a turn. You know what I mean? Like, I did that. She left the room. I went downstairs to my dad's liquor cabinet and poured myself like a whiskey straight, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I was a sophomore. So, um, and just in terms of also like, I mean, even like in the interiority of it, of like, I, um, you know, I, I share this in most of my leads that I do because uh, I feel like it's a big like shocker um, and <laughs> and whatever, but like, uh, you know, it, it really sealed in me like, oh, I'm uh, abusive, you know, like I'm irredeemable. I am unfixable. I'm horrible. I can never be a good person because I, I broke the woman that, that brought me in to the world. You know, like I, I physically broke her. I probably took a few years off of her life. Um, and, and that's something I can never take back or undo, you know? And so I think that after that, by breaking um, her ribs. Yeah. You know, like that can fuck you up. It can fuck up your lungs. It can like, you know, it's like, I mean, even beyond that, like if it didn't take years off her life, maybe mentally it did. (laughs) Like, I don't know how you really wrap your head around that, you know? And like, we've talked about it since and, and I've made amends as, you know, amends for it in AA and all that stuff. And like, um, 
you know, and like hearing her side of it was also really fascinating of shit that I never even had to think about of like, she had to go to the hospital and be like, they were like, how did this happen to you? And mm-hmm. she was like, I insert excuse here. You know what I mean? Cause they right. would have arrested me. Right. Um, right. And you know, and, and I think that, and what's crazy about it too, was like, it was, I completely blocked it out. I completely, completely blocked it out until, boy, was it after I got sober? I think it was after I got sober. And like, and I was listening to, did you ever listen to that podcast? You were on it. Risk, right? No. Were you on it? No, I was never on okay. it. Okay. Because um, they didn't, um, they, they, it was, there was some weird, like, they have, um, they own your material or something like that. Oh, ew. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that sucks. Um, but it might I be different. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe now. Um, but like they, I was listening to an episode of risk and this girl was talking about how she had a psychotic break and was stabbing her mom in the back while having a psychotic break. And I was just walking down Western and and I was like, wow, this is a crazy story. <laughs> and then I was like, I just sort of like stopped in my tracks and I was like, whoa, fuck. Like, and it was a big, you know, it was just sort of like, what? Like to that, you know, whatever. But it was, so that's kind of, it got so deep seated and like, wow. You know, so you would just insidious. literally never thought about it since. Well, I didn't get punished for it. I mean, how do you punish somebody sure, for doing that? Sure, sure, sure. Um, but also like, that was my household. You know what I mean? We swept everything under the rug all the time. So like when anything happened, cause that is not the only thing that happened to me as a kid, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. Um, like I wrote this, I did this three person show about moms and all this stuff. And, and, and I wrote a monologue about this and I was like, you know, it, I was comparing it to this dog that we had when I was a kid named Bambi, who was a, a rescue dog and it bit my grandma and, you know, it's like you, you back a, a dog in the corner that only knows how to fight. The, the dog's going to fight, you know? Right, and, right. and so I fought. Um, but, you know, it was just sort of like, yeah, I, I hadn't, I really hadn't, I hadn't thought about it really since, I, I think probably since, yeah, since it happened, maybe like the next like five days or something, but my mom wouldn't even talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't even know if she was in like a cast. Like, I think she was just, just like maybe had a rap or something. Like I, right. I, I don't know. We never talked about it again until I got sober. And then I brought it up to her and like, so the way know. it changed you was, mm-hmm. was negative. Oh yeah. A, and B something that you, didn't even realize was happening in the moment you construct, you had to piece it back together. Totally. What? At least 10, 15 years later. Yeah. 10, probably 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I had, I had no idea. It was, it was, it was insidious and it was invisible. Like, uh, but you know, it's that thing of going back to, you know, acting school and feeling like I had this, you know, I wasn't enough and I wasn't whatever. And I, you know, there was something wrong with me. I constantly was like, there's something wrong with me, 
you know, and I didn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't identify it. And, you know, addicts and alcoholics will be like, well, that's because you have a gut shaped hole. And like, absolutely, that's true. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. absolutely, that's right. But also it was like, because I, because I felt like a monster, you know, like I was like, I could never trust myself. I never knew if something, you know, I, I, I was like, oh, you have this like crazy rage that might just come out and you could, you know, like I never let anybody get close to me because I would, I could break them, you know, like it was just, it, it just changed the entire way that I operated and also the sweeping it under the rug also changed the entire way that I operated, you know, of like massive things and just being like, never talk about it again. Never do. Well, but also all of these things, not to get too psychoanalytical, but all of these things are you, they're judgments on the thing. They're not the thing itself. So it's like, you obviously had whatever it was in you that hit Mm -hmm. her with the chair. But the, the important thing is not as much actually that you hit her with the chair as it It is that you then decided that what that meant was you were broken. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Which actually keeps you from addressing the shit that made you pick up the chair and break it over exactly. in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I couldn't like, I, yeah, it, it, it's impossible to find sympathy or empathy when all you're focused on is, is the thought, right? Like, or understanding, you know, cause it's just like, if I just think that if, if I'm like, well, this, you know, I did this and it doesn't matter what the circumstances were. Like I did it. And it's like, no, like the circumstances actually matter a lot. And like everything matters a lot. And my mind, my mind frame matters a lot in the time that it happened, but also like, you know, but yeah, it was just all focusing on, holy shit, I did this thing. But also I just, it just, it was was so ambient that it was hard to, uh, everything was hard to really identify until, I got sober. Do you feel like you've, I mean, it's undone. There's no way to undo what mm-hmm. you've, what's happened, but to what extent do you feel like you've reckoned with and guided yourself away from, from the ways that changed you? I feel pretty like, I guess, you know, we use detached and it sounds negative, but I feel very detached from it in like a positive way. You know what I mean? Like I feel, mm-hmm. I feel forgiveness for, for both of us. I feel forgiveness for me. I feel forgiveness for another, you know, like I, I it's, I just am like, it was, it was what it was and, and that's it, you know? And I'm at most of the time I'm very at peace with it. And like, you know, and I make jokes about it and I do whatever. And, you know, it's, but like, um, and so there, there is like a general sense of peace. And I tend to, I I don't think that I'm irredeemable anymore. Most of the time, you know, um, there's certainly times where it flares up. Uh, like last November, I like, I broke up with somebody and he like, I, I tried as best as I could in this relationship. And like, he, um, you know, wasn't 
doing well mentally and like after the breakup he wasn't doing well and like we talked and just hearing this person who seemed so broken it was very hard for me to not feel like mm. I did that I caused that and I went right back there and I truly I I, I had a thought and I was in Mexico which is also the worst because Mexico has over-the-counter pills that are incredible mm. <laughs> like like mm. Like Xanax and fucking Oxy, Vicodin, like Valium, like just the dream, like my favorite shit, you know? And, uh, and I was in Mexico and I, and I just, I, I was, I really, uh, got close to a relapse or close to a more permanent solution. And, um, uh, and like, and that's when I made the whole, that's when I was like, I have to come home. I have to move back in with my parents and I have to do a 90 and 90. And I, and I did a 90 and 90. I meditated every day and I called my sponsor every day for 90 days. I called it Meredith Rehab. Um, and I feel like a completely different person from that, you know, like, I'm like, I love myself now. I accept myself now. I don't think that I'm a monster. And that's and I'm sh- in the same house that this yeah. happened and your mom's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously wow, you have right? some sort of relationship. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're I mean, you know, we're great. Like uh at at this point now, like I um can only take accountability for my shit and like I uh, you know, parents know all of the buttons to, to, right. to set you off and right. do whatever. And, and I just don't take the bait anymore. <laughs> and like, um, and I'm able to, you know, maintain a relationship with her that feels like very healthy and with boundaries. Cause it was like, if it was good when I was a kid, if it was like, when we were good, we were best friends. When we were bad, it was a fucking nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now it feels like I keep a safe distance <laughs> And like, I love her. We still talk. We'll talk for like, I'll just like, she'll be in her, in bed. She's like one of the, she's a brilliant woman, you know? And like, she'll be in bed. We'll talk for like eight hours, you know? And just about so much shit and whatever. And it's great. And then there's times where she's not in a good mood and she wants to attack me. And I know to leave the room mm-hmm. instead of engage, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it was kind of like a good test that way. But yeah, it was really weird to like, be meditating in in the bedroom where it happened and like where a lot of other crazy shit happened and like just be like wow (laughs) time is weird (laughs) things are bizarre getting older kind of rocks but also kind of sucks but for that it rocked prompt is to relive one memory because in my last one man show, uh, there it's set in the afterlife. So no, yeah, it's set in the afterlife. And the, the premise, one of the premises of the afterlife is that you get to fully drop down into and relive one memory of your choice, but just one. If that were the case, which one would you choose? Oh, I already know exactly which one. Really? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's things where I'm like, potentially these nights could, or like 
this time, you know, if I get married, I'm like, maybe my wedding night would be better than this night. But I kind of am like, no, I don't think so. So, <laughs> but it's, it's a lot, it's a longer story. It, okay. I'm going to go into it. Yeah. So my, my, but I have two best friends. Um, my best friend Harper and I, uh, had been doing this thing when we were like driving around Chicago where we would just like use Boolean search terms in Spotify to find like the most random songs, you know? Boolean? I don't fucking know if that's the right thing. I just say that to, to what? Sunday. What does that mean though? Just like random search, just random words. You know what I mean? We would just like put random words into, into Spotify. Should have said okay. that. Okay. Um, so. Okay. Uh, so, um, we, <laughs> we found this song called, um, cream cheese hot dog. And I, ho- I honestly, like, I hold this story so precious that I'm like a little bit, I'm like, maybe telling it on a podcast will like sully a little, sully it a little bit, but I, I, I'm, it's worth the risk. Cause I've told people the story enough where I'm like, I don't think it will. Yeah. Um, so we found this song called cream cheese hot dog by this band called lion's ambition. And, uh, they're a Seattle based band. It's sort of a, you know, kind of like Macklemore-y, like rappy, like positive rap song, you know? Um, and the whole premise of the song, because in Seattle, I guess cream cheese hot dogs are a thing is that this guy's standing in line at a cream cheese hot dog place. And, uh, and there's a cutie behind him and he's like, do you want to get a cream cheese hot dog? You know? And like, that's the song. Um, it, and song, there's no sexual undertones. No, 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 no. There's no like, no, no, no. Not like cream pie. Or anything. Like, there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no, no sexual subtext besides just like, damn, this cute girl's right behind me, and like, I want to buy her a hot dog. Like, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would and, you do if I called this episode not like cream pie or anything? That's fine. That's that's perfect. Okay, I'm not going um, to, but just. But you could. Yeah. You have my permission. Um. So, you know, the song, it literally, the chorus of the song is, I got a cream cheese hot dog with the girl I met last night. That's all it is. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So we get obsessed with this song for like a period of a month. (laughs) We're uh, we're just listening to cream cheese hot dog all the time. Then Pet Names, the film I made, gets into South By and we're driving down to South By. It's, it's me Harper, my other best friend, Chuck, and the uh, person that I was dating at the time in, in the car driving down to South by it's a 14 hour drive. We do this thing uh, where every, every single person, like we went in a rotation where I would add a song. uh, The person I was dating would add a song. Harper would add a song. Chuck would add a song and it kept going. So we have, I have this like 17 hour playlist and we, but we listen to cream cheese hot dog so much and harper was doing research on the way down um just seeing who was playing at south by and no lo and behold lion's ambition is playing at south by southwest they have a they have an official south by southwest showcase on a night where we don't have a screening and so (laughs) we're like we're going like we have to go. And so we get down to South by and you know, and it's also like this pairs into the fame stuff and whatever. Like I really thought 
you know, I wrote this movie. I'm starring in this movie. It's playing at this huge festival. I'm doing like press junkets for it. And, you know, we got like, it's just, we're getting good reviews and like all this stuff. And I'm like, this is fucking it for me, man. Like I'm coming Mm -hmm. up and I was like meeting industry people. I was like meeting really like successful musicians and like all this stuff and just feeling like, holy shit, like I didn't even have to work that hard, you know? <laughs> like, and, yeah. I made it. Um, and like, and so, and I was just kind of riding that high generally. So also like, I think that amplified everything. Um, and the, so the day we go to see Lion's Ambition, we get this like glowing review in the Hollywood Reporter, which again, I was just like, Wah! and so we go to, and I, it's truly, I, I'm already like, this is the best day of my life, you know, just because of all that. And then, and then we go to Lion's Ambition. It's this dive bar in Austin. I have no idea where it was, but it was just this dive bar. And Lion's Ambition is, has already started playing. And we go in. I think we pay like 15 bucks or something. And they're like playing some songs or whatever. And after every song, we are screaming cream cheese hot dog. Like, <laughs> like just like, like, all right, thanks so much. Like, cream cheese hot dog! Like Wait, how how time. big is the um how big is the audience? It's there's probably like fifty people there. It was okay, like, okay. So not enough where you're like just the worst for no, saying this. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, and they were very nice guys. Like they like the first time we said of it, they're like, they're, of course they're of the course they're of course yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like who else would write that song? Um, right. and so they're like, you know, they're like wow sounds like we got some people from seattle in the audience and we're like yeah like sure (laughs) (laughs) and so like we're waiting and 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 we're like you know we're jamming out to all their songs and then literally they turn to each other they're like all right guys we got one more for you and they turn to each other and they all just are kind of like nodding their head you know and 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 i'm like shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I really think this is about to happen. They're like, okay, so we were going to play a different song, but since we have some people out here from Seattle, yes. we're going <laughs> to play a little song called Cream Cheese Hot Dog. And I, like, bloody murder scream. Like, I'm so excited. And, like, just the, I, I cried. Like, I was crying the entire time. Like, I have this video of Chuck, like it's my phone, and then Chuck is just in the foreground, and it's just their body like jumping up and down. We're like moshing to cream cheese hot dog. No, we know every single lyric at this point and are just losing our goddamn minds to this song. And it was it was such like it was by far my favorite memory, and it was also what was so amazing about it, it was like we started listening to that song because we were like, who the fuck would write this song? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah And then yeah. at the end, like, we were their biggest fans. Like, and it wasn't ironic, you know? Right, like, even, right. it was just like this funny, weird happenstance thing, but like, we weren't making fun of them. Like, I was, I was so, it like, is the highlight of my life to have seen Lion's Ambition perform Cream Cheese Hot Dog. And, <laughs> and like, and it was just so pure and beautiful and happy. Like it was, I was just, it was the happiest I've ever fucking been. And it, it, it lasted four minutes, but it was like truly just pure joy. 
Well, so and that, the seeds had been planted like a month earlier. May, maybe if not three months before. Like it, it was a wow. long build. It was a long and, build. Well, a long build and you didn't even know it was a build. No. Right. No. It, like, it, there's a surprise twist and then it, and then a huge spike. Yeah. Of a yeah. climax. Yeah. And, okay. I really, I really don't want to take away from this story by adding my comparison too much, but I will briefly say I've been unironically, I'll say letting myself get into minions, the, yeah, yeah. the, the thing, the things yeah, and watching the movies and it, and it genuinely felt like something released in my brain where I didn't realize that I was like ambiently annoyed that this phenomenon existed. Mm -hmm. And then I saw them for what they were. And I'm like, this is hilarious. What the fuck (laughs) is this? And then, and, 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 and then embracing that felt like pure, the purest, simplest joy to be like, man, it's so funny to watch these little yellow pill guys falling all over each other. Yeah. Is that, did it feel like that kind of giving yourself permission? I think the beauty of it was there wasn't really a lot of like now I can analyze the shit out of it. Sure, you know sure, I mean? sure, 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 sure. But sure, like sure. at the time, it was just like it just it just felt like you know that beautiful like confluence of just everything everything going exactly how it's supposed to go. But when did know? it go from ironic to sincere? I think as soon as we stepped into the venue and saw the band. Oh wow! It was it 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 wasn't before that. It was still. I mean, like, it was still sort of like, can you guys believe we're gonna go see Lions at Bit? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's still like, yeah. it's still that it's still that thing. But but the internal debate that I have with myself often, like, I'm gonna go see Imagine Dragons next weekend. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. This is taking not a great turn. Keep going. And like, Corn and Evanescence just played, and and I really wish I I went, but like. You know, I, I listen like I listen to Imagine Dragons because I think they're fucking hilarious, you know, but I'm going to lose my shit when they play radioactive. So even, you know, it's like this whole like post irony thing and we're all irony poisoned and we're all black pilled and all this stuff. Like there's this point where it just sort of like switches in your head to like, wait, I actually like this. Like there has to be otherwise I wouldn't be partaking or enjoying it. You know what I mean? Even if it is like if it starts as a, Oh, I'm so much better than this. Eventually it gets level and it's just like, no, it's just enjoyment, you know? Yeah. But then does it stay that way? Like, it sounds like imagine dragons like goes there ebbs and flows of moments when you dip into that. But with this, it felt like a real, I I just really, I just, well, I don't think we could talk all day about, <laughs> the fucking new metal renaissance and how incredible and it the sounds like ever. we have very opposite opinions oh, of sorry. this <laughs> i love and this is, rock and, and this i love is, new metal but this is perfect dude because even only being like six or seven years older than you mm-hmm. i really feel like i can claim yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the you don't know how bad it was being in it shit sure Absolutely. I mean, but you know, it, it <sighs> like I went to go see Limp Biscuit and it was it rocked. Like it was super fun. And there's a lot of people that 
are, you know, like 45 that were there still like Gen X'd out. You know what I mean? Like, you can't sell me <laughs> like shit. And like, they had a great time, you know? So it's just, a, it's a difference this, of opinion. This, I feel like this story took the opposite turn that the experience the story is about took. Where well, I, I was guess- getting so excited and so mm-hmm. just falling in love with this 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 idea of lion's ambition and now we ended up in this literal <laughs> cess musical cesspool of just this sucks dude i i think you might have ended the podcast no 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 not okay. your episode i mean i'm coming up on i know episodes. i know i'm scrapping the hundredth <laughs> episode with my mom it's all over because we're in unironic imagine dragons territory i know i'm so sorry but it is ironic if that helps you. But also it's the thing uh, of does like, it? I don't know. I don't know. But also I'm like, we should be able to hold these two things at the same time. You know what I mean? And like, and I do, and I, and I do, but it's like, it's like, if you ask me if cream cheese hot dog is a good song, I'm going to tell you yes and no, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, it is because of that memory, because it's attached and like permanently embedded in my brain. But like, would I be like, go check it out, dude. Like your ears are, you'd never hear anything like it. It's really going to expand your mind. Like it won't, but because I have such a deep, deep connection to it, it, it matters to me. It's a piece of art that's moved me, even if it was ironic. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. My closest thing to that is the Deftones, which is hard to even describe anymore because Deftones have been redeemed culturally. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but the my experience of that was enjoying the Deftones probably right not not that far ahead but like right before the redemption right and 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 knowing that this is music for fourteen year olds with yeah. Jinko jeans yeah. but that I but but I had re, like genuine reasons for enjoying right the music the things and and I would so I would say like. It's ridiculous, but yeah. I do genuinely enjoy it. But well, I feel course. like you're talking about something a little bit different where you're like, I, you're talking, I'm saying it's ridiculous, but I enjoy it. You're saying, you're saying I hate it and I love it, which yeah, is precisely. too, is too, it's, it's too extreme. <laughs> well, that's me. I mean, I, you know, addicts <laughs> are known to live in, live in absolutes and black and white, baby. But like, it's. I mean, that is the thing, right? Like, I love, like, I listen to Stained a lot. And I can tell you, I could, I could probably, I probably couldn't convince you that they're good, but I could convince you that maybe they have, like, musical talent and that the mixing on their guitars is, like, phenomenal and the way that they tune their guitars is really interesting and, like, all this stuff that, like, logically, I can reason, I can, I can find a logical reason to 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 convince somebody of something but it's also like i don't it's just i'm trying to justify a feeling of like total enjoyment and like but also being aware that like people shit on this stuff you know and i also don't think that that's an invalid argument to have i could totally see why it's shit onable but it's the same thing with love island nobody's claiming that love island is incredible television but people love it yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing with reality television, sure, sure, because I 
because yeah, absolutely, I have that relationship with it, but it exists on a like desire to turn my brain off sort of level oh, yeah. that I don't really go to music for. Oh, I do. Absolutely. I, I famously, um, I don't really li- like, even though I make very sad music, I can't stomach sad music. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm too, um, I'm too empathetic. I'm an empath. It's not true at all. Mm. Um, <laughs> like I'm, I just, like if I put on sad music, I get so quickly into like just end it all, <laughs> like just sure, sure, just sure, sure. jump up your fire escape. Um, but like you know, so that's why I listen to like butt rock because it's hilarious. It makes me laugh. It brings me joy. That's why I listen to like you know, like uh, like La Bouche and like Delight and like you know, fucking techno from the nineties and all that stuff is because it's like joyous and happy and pumping and throbbing and like you know it's just it's not it's not gonna make me like it's not scott walker you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i'm not just gonna be thinking about like mussolini getting like drawn and quartered (laughs) you know like i just don't i don't have the headspace for it like my brain will just go i just can't it it hurts it literally like sad music causes me a lot of like physical pain except when I make it and then I listen to it all the time. (laughs) That's the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Meredith Johnston for being on the show. Listen to warm human. And yeah, that's, that's really it. That's what I've got. Tell people about the show. If you like it, and if you don't, then take that to your grave and join the Patreon if you really like the show, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. You can do them. Have faith. You are human. Only human. And human beings, they do.